The Velvet Hammer, an inside look at trial lawyer life with Karen Kohler. Real life stories about fighting the good fight. So this is how a trial lawyer gets COVID. Backtrack a couple weeks to December 10th, 2021 office party not don't get it there attend the office party which is socially distanced the whole way through and then later in the evening take red eye flight to new york with boyfriend arrive in new york saturday morning stay not at hotel but at my place upper west side Arrive, tired, stay up, go for a run, and begin preparing for big deposition. That's Saturday. Get takeout. Sunday, go for a run, continue preparing for deposition, walk around a little, get more takeout. Oh, and go to first concert, has, have been able to do since COVID struck at Lincoln Center of Bach. It's a chamber music concert with mask on. Do not get COVID there either. The 13th, have two depositions back to back in uh, the Seattle Children's case of clients. While attending their depositions, I'm also preparing for the next day's deposition, which I've been preparing now for about five days of a treating neurosurgeon. Tuesday, Take the deposition of the neurosurgeon all day long. Do not complete it. It will have to be a second day. Have takeout. Do not get COVID then either. The 15th, Wednesday, and it's beautiful in New York, and I have basically spent no time outside uh, other than to eat, well, to get, to, to get something to eat from the bakery, to bring home, to pick up something to eat, from takeout, or to go for a run around the park. The 15th. Have work, but not as much work. Do not have a deposition for the first day. Sigh of relief. Walk a little bit. And then potentially go to a mass casualty event, also known as Broadway, where see Wicked. Wicked is wickedly fun, very, very fun, but perhaps too fun with too many people, even though we're all masked. That's probably where I get it. Thursday, go with friends after, well, there's supposed to be another deposition, but the defendants did something wrong and the court reporter didn't show up. So... Uh, don't have to do that deposition, but still work for about half of a day, go for a walk and then meet the neighbors for a meal at a wonderful Italian restaurant down in the fifties. I actually email them ahead of time and say, do you want to reconsider? And they say, no. 
Then they meet up with us and say, well, we just read the headlines about Omicron and maybe we should have reconsidered. I say, you want to reconsider? They say, no. We'll make a calculated guess. I pull out a tissue and wipe my nose and explain that I must have allergies or it's that time of year when my nose begins to drip. Still not making the connection between yesterday wicked. Friday, my calendar says, do not book day off. I work for half of a day, but then walk around town with boyfriend. Last, his last full day, I come back a little early, do a little bit more work, and we go to see a movie. I can't remember the name of the movie. That's how good it was. It wasn't bad, actually. I just can't remember it. Oh my goodness, I can't remember the movie. Um, nose continues to slowly drip. We're talking three tissues a day, maybe. Just dripping. Saturday, nose continues to drip. He leaves. Alicia arrives. Is that right? No, Alicia misses her flight. So he leaves and I hang out and then go and see another movie because I had so much fun seeing the first movie. The second movie I do remember is Spider-Man, which eclipses all memory of all other movies out because it was so good. Spider-Man was very fun. Everybody was cheering and hollering and my nose was dripping and I was ignoring it. Sunday morning, Alicia arrives because... She took the red eye since she missed her original flight. I then begin exposing her to COVID unknowingly. Sunday, I'm there. Monday, I'm there. And I leave in the afternoon. Get on a flight with big KN95 mask that is extra large and covers the top from the top of my nose to underneath my chin. It's got like extra pull apart pieces. Get on the plane supposedly all HEPA great, and I have COVID. By the way, realize that I've been boosted on November 11th, which is um, five weeks before this all happens. So of course I can't possibly have COVID in my mind. I then, uh, Touchdown on Monday night. Boyfriend picks me up from the airport. He's with me till Tuesday morning. He's now been exposed, right? Like Alicia was. They were with me. They were like staying over. Tuesday morning, I take the test because that's what I've heard you're supposed to do. Negative. I go into work. But on Monday morning, before leaving New York at 6 a.m., I told the office that due to Omicron, we were going back to closing the office with limited people coming in. Everyone agreed to that. I had to come in on Tuesday um, because, among other things, I had a meeting. I had a meeting that involved, uh, for a brief time, Haley and Farhad being in my room, which again is as big as a conference room, but still exposed them. Wednesday worked mainly from home. Thursday, still noticing that this uh, little nasal drip of mine was not decreasing, which was a little strange. 
I got ready to go to Christina's house for cookie decorating with my little darling three-year-old grandson and eight-month-old granddaughter. And I already had my coat on. And I thought, well, I tested negative. I totally feel fine. But I was in New York and traveling. I'm just going to go take that test one more time. I take the test and it's positive. At that time, I practically fall on the floor and start to cry because I almost went to my daughter's house. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, the day before, Wednesday night, my dad, who's 88, and Alberta, who's 82 or 81, wanted me to come over to say goodbye to them because they were going on a little trip. And I didn't. I told him I didn't think I should because they were all tested and ready to go. And why increase any risk? So let's just Zoom. So we Zoomed. All thank heavens. Thank heavens. Thank heavens. I test positive. So then I call Alicia. She goes and gets the rapid test, the one that they have to do the Petri dish in or, you know, do the actual deal. Negative. I don't know how that's possible. Talk then tell boyfriend, he takes a test negative. I don't know how that's possible. No one is, no one gets it. I, by now have read every single thing on Omicron, COVID, Delta tests, and my head is just filled with everything that the CDC and every other reputable and disreputable magazine has to say about it. I also noticed that my drippy nose is more like a six or seven a day tissue adventure at this point. By Friday, my nose is full on dripping so that I have to blow it constantly. I have no other symptoms. That is Christmas Eve and I'm going to spend it all alone. Saturday is Christmas Day. It gets worse. It gets worse because on Friday night, I freak out because I think, well, I could go to bed and then just die and not wake up again. Because that's one of the problems with this whole COVID thing is just the anxiety of not knowing. I have a pulse oximeter. I bought one for every member of my family when this first happened, I paid 60 bucks a piece for them. Now you can get them for like $19.99 and a thermometer and my little pulse checker, all critical pieces of information. If you have those little things and you have a mild case, talk about reassurance. But even so, those guys got such a big workout for me. And then even then I had all my vitals pretty much accounted for. I still thought I could go to bed and not wake up. Because that's how scary the specter of COVID is. So instead of having that, you know, fear that I wouldn't wake up, I just woke up all night long, four times, five times. I don't know. I was up pretty much all night. And on Saturday, I was worse. But what it was worse, worse was that I had cold symptoms, no fever, no decreased oxygen. I could smell because I have this really smelly candle that one of our attorneys, Gemma, gave me that I just am using as a model. I just lift up the 
lid and smell it. And I can tell I can still smell it. And I know that I still have my sense of smell, certainly have my sense of taste. Which brings us to Sunday. Sunday, finally, I didn't feel that I was getting worse like I did on Saturday, which was my low point on Saturday. My low point on Saturday, the 25th of December, when I kept thinking, maybe I'm just going to get worse. In fact, I don't even know how I'm able to talk so well right now because normally I just might, I just cough. And I'm not coughing because I even have a sore throat. It's just because it tickles <coughs> because my nose has been dripping into it for three days or four days or no, wait, a week. So here's the deal. As vaccinated, I was boosted. I wear a mask and still I get it. But I didn't give it to anyone else that I know of. So I'm going to credit all those vaccines to making me less contagious than I would have been otherwise by keeping my numbers of <coughs> antibodies down. There, you got to hear me cough. So now the question is, how has this changed you, Karen? As if anybody cares, but I'm going to tell you anyway, from a trialer's perspective. Well, I think I'm settling into the realization that all of us, everybody in the whole wide world now knows what a pandemic is because we're living through one. None of us had lived through one before. There's a lot of naysayers, people that didn't believe it. I think we all kind of understand what a pandemic is now and we understand illness better and certainly the fear of it. <clears throat> I also realized that the thing most important to me isn't really how sick I was or wasn't. It was knowing that I was going to be okay in the end, that comforting feeling. That's why those little appliances that I talked to you about, those three things, the thermometer, the oximeter, and the pulse rate monitor, they just gave me reassurance that I was going to be okay. And as long as I had those, plus, you know, my kids telling me all the time that I was going to be okay, that's what kind of kept me the most content, I would say. Nothing is stopped, though. Um, the office is closed physically, but everything keeps going on. I have gotten caught up, believe it or not, with almost everything. I think I have one, one speech that I haven't written for a convention in February that I now am wondering, do I want to fly over to Miami for that? I don't know. I don't know if it'll happen, but of course I probably am going to be pretty good shape by then immunity wise. So I posted this all on Facebook and when I did, a number of people told you know, I wrote down that they had COVID too. And other people said that they were embarrassed about it or congratulated me for posting about it. And I thought, why? Is, is that a secret? Are people not telling people when they have COVID? Like, isn't that the opposite of what you're supposed to do? Aren't you supposed to tell people that you have COVID so that if they've been around for you, they can know it? Because the government sure isn't going to be able to do very much. In fact, um, I wasn't sure. I didn't even know that I was supposed to tell someone. Liz, Liz, my friend Liz, told me, you got to um, report it to the Department of Health. Well, I called him 
mm, almost 12 hours ago and no one's called me back. I think they're bombed. Um, I don't know what they can possibly do. How can the government trace all of this? It's really up to us to tell people. And I also think it's important for people to let other people know how they're doing or what the symptoms are like. So people can have a little bit of preparation. I mean, the newspapers, bless their souls, really contract, con, you know, contract focused on numbers and dire statistics and terrible things. And, you know, they quote all these doctors from the ERs or nurses, which is just horrible. My daughter, Noelle is becoming a nurse through all this disaster. And she works in a intensive recare, a rehab, uh, or I guess, you know, inpatient hospital where everybody, everybody has long COVID. They're all in comas or they're dying or they're just, they've been in there for weeks or months. It's terrible. And I'm not saying we shouldn't know about all that, but we should also know that you, you might not die if you get COVID like me, like it's, it, it, and what that means, you hear, okay, you might not die, but what does that mean? So that's the purpose of this <laughs> weird TMI podcast is to tell you that mm, if you're having symptoms like just a runny nose, just a runny nose, it wasn't even running, full on running, it was dripping. If you have even so much as a drip coming out of your nose, no cough, no fever, no sore throat, no nothing else, just a drip. You better get that test done. And apparently you don't even need to have a drip to get it. You can be asymptomatic and still have it and still spread it. I don't regret getting any of those vaccines because I believe they help to mediate this so that it's not terrible. I mean, initially before Saturday, I'd say when I first found out that within the day of finding out, I told people, if this is a cold and a cold on a scale of one to 10, it's a one. It's a stuffy nose, a drippy nose. But I'll admit the worst day being Saturday so far and all going down from here, it probably was a three on the scale of bad colds, but it felt more like an eight or nine because of the anxiety that it was COVID. So that mental part is the part that they don't talk about enough, I think, in the news. Your symptoms might be mild, but your mental probably won't be because it's freaking scary. It's a scary time that we're living in, the scary pandemic. There's a lot of denial, but the reality is, is that we're in it. We're in the middle of it. A lot of us, perhaps most of us are going to end up getting it, but hopefully it's mutating to a lesser and lesser version that will become more benign over time. So as we get ready to ring in 2022, I can now check off the box, have gotten COVID. And I hope that if you get it, you'll be able to check that box off too. Get vaccinated, get your booster, take care of yourselves. Over and out.